Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live, Daddy. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get to all the other stuff here in a moment. Five burning questions coming up in just about 20 minutes. We might have to put that off because I might need to go on another rant. So it's Jadeveon Clowney going to the Seattle Seahawks. In return, it's Jacob Martin, a third-round pick, and Kiki Mingo. Well, if you listen to the last segment, you know how I feel about the trade, and I don't think that much of it. Let me get to Jason Cole, a man who I do think very much of. He's a great man, good man, thorough man, great reporter. You've got to pull down the music to be able to hear him. Mm, thank you very much. Let's get to uh, the great Jason Cole. Hello, Jason. Was that Ric Flair over 2001 A Space Odyssey? Uh, well, that was his walk-up music back in the day, or his, his entrance oh, I music. I say, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't. A, okay, so now I get it. I didn't know that he used that as his walk-up music. Now, now it all makes sense. Okay. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one of the greatest American entertainers in our country's history, oh, my I, friend. I know that. I just wasn't a wrestling guy, so <laughs> I, I get it. I don't blame you. It's okay, buddy. All right. So it's uh. So so what happens here? What do you think? Because I had a lot of thoughts, very negative against Houston about this pick. Uh, but I'm interviewing you. I don't need to sit here and spout my opinion off to you. What do you think of this trade? Well, I mean, in Bill O'Brien's world, this is great because he doesn't like Jadavian Clowney. He doesn't want to pay him. Didn't want him on his team, and he gets rid of him. He gets rid of a guy who he thinks in some ways doesn't work hard, or not in some ways, in a lot of ways, doesn't work hard enough and is a quote-unquote cancer, right? So in Bill O'Brien's world, it's great. In a real football sense, I think it's a bad trade, even if you're even if you're only talking about Jadavian Clowney for one year, right? Yeah. Because I want to take my chances of trying to win this year. And I think that, like, when's Houston finally going to, like, put it all together and win? Um and so I guess this is Bill O'Brien. It does tell me, like, Bill O'Brien basically has this team by the short ones. Like, they, he controls everything now that Cal McNair is in charge, and he's getting Casario as the GM after this year, and he's doing all these things. But at some point in time, like, if I'm Cal McNair, and, you know, he's a very nice man, mm-hmm. I'm looking and going, what have I won with Bill O'Brien? Bingo. You know what? You know, we've been, what have, what have you done to get all this power? What have you done? I, right? I, and, I, and I like Bill. Like, and I think Bill's a good football guy. But, like, I would just sit there and go, Bill, be a really great football coach. Don't do all the other stuff. But I think he's one of these guys who wants to do all the other stuff. And you know, have, have control and guys get intoxicated by that instead of just, just do it. Now he may be sitting there saying, well, I've finally got a chance to do it my way. And if you do it my way, I'll show you how to win. 
yeah, I don't know. I've, I've seen that old Patriot thing play out with a bunch of former assistants. You see, and none that, of them have the capacity of Belichick. He, Belichick has to be the most powerful. I, I, I say the most dangerous man in sports right now might be Sean McVay. Belichick might be the most powerful one. First off, he operates the AFC East like a multi-level marketing scheme. And then he gets <laughs> assistant coaches. He makes trades. Like, he, he's able to go down the hallway and just find, give me a second round for Jimmy Garoppolo. Done. And so I, he, it's like he tricks he tricks his assistants to thinking they can make great trades or they can work out for their football team based on their own essence the way Bill Belichick does once they become head coaches. It, it's unbelievable to me, Jason. Right. And see, what's interesting about Belichick is he has mastered the art of understanding when to get rid of a guy too soon instead of too late, right? So that's like mm-hmm. number one. Number two, he's understood that, yeah, you've got, and anytime you've got three, four, five guys who are really, truly great players, you have to, you got to take care of them, right? But the rest of the guys on your roster are really interchangeable. And the difference between a great number three receiver and a Chris Hogan is so minimal that you're better off if you have a Chris Hogan who you know is going to play hard all the time and is smart enough to understand that you have to execute the pass routes the exact same way all the time. And that a guy who runs a 4-5 but knows what he's doing is the same as a guy who runs a 4-4 who doesn't know what he's doing. Right. If mm-hmm. I, does that all make sense? Like uh, um, that, absolutely. That, yeah. Like that's what he's really gotten, and that you can pay that guy, that guy like Hogan, the four or five guy, next to nothing, but you're going to get the same output from him. So, yeah, he's just he's a genius when it comes to that kind of stuff. Really, an absolute genius in my view. Jason Cole joining us on the show. Well, that's what they call him, and it, it, he just finds a way. I always think he's going to – I stopped thinking about that long ago. I think people always think, like, when's it end? When's it end? When, when's he going to step in well, it finally? I mean, it's and, quarterback. I mean look, it's, it, yeah. let's, not, let's not over – as much as Belichick is a genius, there is a flip side of this, which is he's had Brady. Mm-hmm. So that combination, and he has an owner who gets out of the way. So they're the great trio. But his part of it, he's figured it out. He, you know, every part of it, and that's the genius of Belichick. Are you worried for Deshaun Watson now because of this? Well, I, I don't think they're any better than they were. I mean, again, I, it's not so much about Deshaun Watson. It's like you got JJ Watt. Like, when are you going to do something with JJ Watt's career? Yeah. You know, if you have Watt and Clowney for together for a year, take your shot, right? Um, you have Andrew Luck out of that division. I mean, it's wide open. Yeah, I mean, well, the whole. I mean, I think the whole conference. I mean, I, look, I think True. that actually the Patriots in some ways are better than they were a year ago because I think that their defensive depth is better and all those kinds of things. Um, but I didn't think they were great last year. I think that they got through it last year, right? And and their timing is really great when they peaked. And Kansas City blew it because they didn't play the right defensive scheme and you know blew that game against the Patriots like this. The Chiefs, it was there for them to win last year, and they let it you know, slip away. But the Patriots take advantage of teams when then they slip and, and let it you know, go, slip through their fingers. They're, they're kings of that, and they, that's what they've made their dynasty on. So now I think the Patriots are a little bit more dangerous, but it's still pretty wide open. Like the Patriots on offense, they could be great if Josh Gordon's great and Nikhil Harry is, is what you think he is and that 
Um, Demarius Thomas gets a lot of time, and they've got Edelman on the other side. Like, that could be really dangerous. But all three of those other guys that we talked about, Thomas, Harry, and, um, and Gordon, they also could be nothing. Because, you know, do you trust Josh Gordon at this point? No. no. Do you believe that Demarius Thomas's best days are behind him? Absolutely. Is Nikhil Harry know how to play, especially in this offense? I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll find out. But those are all, like, it's three good, it's three bets that appear to be good bets, but they're all a little on the long shot side. The great Jason Cole with us on the show. Do you think that Andrew Luck will play again? I hope so. I mean, overwhelmingly, I think it's a 10 or 15% chance, but I hope so. I mean, you know, this is a kid who had a chance to be truly great. Um, you know, I mean, he's a prototype. He's, he's this era's John Elway, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and you just sit there and you go, you don't want that guy to let his, it's not further away, but you would have liked to see you get a full shot. And didn't happen. But I also think that, this is a very, very smart guy who has a lot of other things going on in his life, has a lot of other dreams and a lot of other aspirations, and can easily sit there and go, you know what, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do it in pain. And I always think that once your passion is gone for football, that's really hard to get back because you have to be able to play in pain. Yeah, how do you play at a high level too? Because it's just based on competition. It's, a, it's once a week, win or loss, that's it. Uh, Jason Cole, Jason Cole, joining us on the show. Can Jacoby Brissett give them what they need to get back to the playoffs? So the playoffs, maybe. To to do anything in the playoffs, probably not. Isn't you know, if you well, if isn't you that said, just the goal though with him now? Just get to the playoffs. That'd be a great season for him and for them. Yeah, it would be. I, I mean, I think they're closer to a six to eight win team than they are a, a ten a ten win team. But yeah. I, I like Jacoby Brissett. I don't, you know, I, I saw that kid when he was at Florida, and I thought, I can't remember who the kid he lost his job to, um, Driscoll. Yeah, I think it was Jeff Driscoll. Yep. When he was at Florida. Um, I mean, I was like, how's Driscoll beating this kid out? Like, <laughs> uh, that, you know, Brissett was, I thought, clearly a better player. Um, no, and they both have had a cup of coffee in the league. Um so they're you know both have had had talent, but I thought Brissett was clearly the better player. Yeah, that's why the guy who had them both got canned. Jason Cole joining us on the show. Well, <laughs> can I can I run something by you here? And don't don't get mad. Just hear me out. All right. Okay. Well, I, I, I thought, never get mad at you. But, okay. You know. Well, you know, because it it's not very popular. I might get annoyed, but I'll tell you if I'm annoyed. Okay. okay thank you. Thank you. It's it's just not a very popular opinion. I I see Andrew Luck as a CEO. All right, or, or really not even a CEO. I, I know that Jim Mercer is the owner, and people say that in that sense. But, you know, if he would have done this back in March, I think it would be a lot easier. Like, if I owned a hardware store and I had three employees that were full-time, if I want to retire, I still have to think about them, don't I? And so going into this season, when we cultivate so much for franchise quarterbacks, there, there has to be some return to maybe get to maybe get better and to maybe do things different. I, I think that I think it's not unfair to suggest what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. However, look, football is not the same thing as running a business. Okay, football is painful. Football is mentally grueling and grinding. And yeah, he got paid a lot of money. I, I get it. I get the people who say stuff like that. 
But I also sit here and say, I know plenty of guys who they didn't like playing anymore. They didn't want to do it and they tried and it was terrible. It's like my, my philosophy is if you don't want to do this anymore, get out. And I don't care what the timing is. Just get out because you can't, you can't fake it in football. Um, or I don't know. I've covered some Browns teams in the past, Jason. There were a couple guys who did not want to be there, and they were there for a final paycheck. I'm sorry. That's a joke. Right, Go but, ahead. But, but well, how did it turn out? Oh, horribly. Right? Horribly. Right. Horribly. So, I, like, be, you know, if, be, be honest with yourself. Like, like last, people, last year when people were ripping Vontae Davis for quitting at halftime, I was like, if you don't want to be on the field, don't do it. Get out. And if that means you have to leave at halftime, leave at halftime. Yeah. And I know it sucks for the Indianapolis Colts and all that other stuff. And, and I understand why people booed um, that he doesn't, Andrew Luck doesn't owe those people anything, but they do have a right to be upset with his decision. I get that. There's a balance there. And athletes need to understand that if you take the money, the fans have a right to be upset. I get, I get it all right. Um, but if you don't want, if you truly don't want to do this, if your heart is not in it, get out of the way and let somebody who is completely bought in do it. Is there a chance I'm overreacting to that part of it? Just because if he discusses this with back, with them back in March, it's like Chris, Chris Ballard is a smart guy. He ain't no dummy. So if I hear this from my franchise quarterback, then maybe I'm thinking about stepping away. It's like, well, to me, I have to act as if you are, you are really going to step away and I need to do things that are going to either set up Jacoby Brissett or set up the future quarterback. Well, sure. I mean, okay. yeah, but you don't, again, you don't know when that part is. Mm-hmm. And look, there are some human beings who, like they say, I got to March. You know, it's like when I, when, I, when I was raising my kids, I said, if you start a sport, you better finish it. You may not like it, but you're part of a team and you owe your team something. But I've also seen kids, literally, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids quit on their sport. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for them. It's embarrassing for the team. It's embarrassing for the parents. It's just bad, right? And, I, you know, the quitting part is so irritating. Now, I don't think that Andrew Luck would have quit on his team, but his heart wouldn't have been in it, and you would have known at some point in time. And I saw Jimmy Johnson in 1999. He was coach of the Dolphins. By the second half of the season, he was day trading stocks and leaving at 6 o'clock. He just didn't want to do it. They should have let him quit after the 1998 season like he wanted to because he didn't want to do it anymore. And if you remember what happened to the Dolphins at the end of the 1990 season, they went up to Jacksonville, and the Jaguars are still scoring on them. 62-7. Yeah. My dad made me watch that. The Sprinklers came on. My dad's a huge Dolphins fan. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Watched the whole thing. That that game was humiliating because that team quit. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Hey, real quick before I let you go, why is there why is there a dearth of kickers? Why is there an epidemic of of guys who can't kick now, especially when we're looking at the Bears? Well, because I mean, look at the standard for being a kicker now. What's what's successful? Like making eighty five percent. We've gotten to a like point that. where like the the good kickers are are sensational, right? Um, they're they would be record all the all the guy, which, what's considered good or acceptable in this league right now was spectacular fifteen years ago. Right, because the percentage of making it is so high now, and the expectation. So, just to be an average kicker, you got to be making eighty to eighty-three percent of the time. So, um, yeah, the the standard just becomes different. If you're a top offense, 
in the NFL, should you consider going for two more often than you are going for uh, for extra points? No, I, I'm still about playing the situation and the score. Um, I, I, I don't believe, you know, like, here's the problem. People say, well, the percentage of making it is so much higher than, right. But the percentage of making it is higher because people choose specifically when to go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's more of a desperation. I think if people ch- started doing it more, the success rate would go down. And it would be more in line with, okay, about a 33% make rate. Um, and, and really, what is the plus rate? About 41% right now or 40, 41 to 45? I don't think that that's so high that you should go for it all the time because you can stick yourself in a very bad situation. I think you still have to play situations. Jason, you're absolutely one of my favorites. I thank you very much for the time. It, it was a shame because I loved to have a potpourri with you here, but then we had great big breaking news that had to break, so I had to ask you about that. But you know I appreciate it. All the best, my and friend. Hope done. to run you down soon. All right. Thanks, Ken. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jason Cole joining us on the show, fan-sided on the hotline, 855-2124-CBS. I got to break this down, this trade down a little bit more. You want to get in on the trade again, 855-2124-CBS. Jadevion Clowney goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Houston gets a third-round pick in return, plus Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo. So you got that coming to you, Houston. All that and five burning questions coming up at 1240 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. If you're a Seahawks fan, this is what you're doing right now. You're dancing to the Aoki. Turn it up, damn it. Turn that music down. Oh, you're just going to turn it down. Is it fading away? Is that what it is? Okay, fine, Billy Jack. 855-2124-CBS. If you're a Texas fan, you might need to turn this up just so you feel better about yourself. Because your head coach is running things, and he's running it right into the ground. You fire Brian Gain. Well, you think you need a change. You think you're going to get Nick Casario, and now you got a year before you can get Nick Casario, and boy, he can just ruin things the best he can. Houston makes this trade with Jadeveon Clowney, sending him to Seattle. Houston, in return, gets a third-round pick. Jacob Martin, Barkevius Mingo, and there are people... Immediately, you're always going to try to rationalize it. If you're a Houston fan, trust me, as a person who has a fan, has tried to rationalize many terrible trades and many terrible moves in the past, being a football fan, being a fan of the Cleveland Browns, I can tell you this right now. You'll try to rationalize it. And you'll be upset because, well, Genevieve Clowney is a cantankerous person. He's he's a cancer in the locker room. Jason Cole was just with us. He said, well, yeah, they thought he was a cancer in the locker room. They got rid of him. You, you still need players. And so if you know that a player is a problem, hey, he's not a quarterback, and he's not J.J. Watt. So you can, in that essence, as there's a fly around me, move on. Got him. You can move on. But you got to get something. I'm not going to let you win. Because if you have good leadership, and you do with J.J. Watt and with Deshaun Watson, you're not going to win. I'm ultimately going to win. It's not going to be, if he's that big of a cancer in the locker room, then J.J. Watt must be some sort of a sod. So you can't tell me he's that big of a, a big of a problem for you. So you can look at it this way and say, I know you won out. I'm going to win. Like, like Odell Beckham Jr. was a problem for the Giants. They believe he was a problem. They still got really good value for Odell Beckham Jr. They got a first-round pick. 
Now, Odell Beckham Jr. is much better at his position, naturally, than what Jadeveon Clowney is. I understand that. But they still got a first-round pick, and they got Kevin Zeitler. They had to give up Olivier Vernon. They got Jabril Peppers, who could help out, hopefully. I know he got burned to a crisp earlier in the preseason. But they got a reasonable value for a really good player. There's another one flying around here now. What did you get? But you got a third-round pick, a compensatory pick, basically, that you would have got back? That's what you got? And Jacob Martin, not a bad player, and Barkevius Mingo for Jadeveon Clowney. For Seattle, makes tons of sense. You're trying to win. You're trying to win now. Why don't you believe in your quarterback? Why don't you believe in J.J. Watt if you're if you're Bill O'Brien? This is one of those moves that are ego-driven and not based in common sense. That's what this is. If you believe that much in Bill O'Brien, and you will if you're a Texans fan because you'll talk yourself into it, if you believe that much in Bill O'Brien, then I'd like to hear any other reasoning because you still need players, and if you don't want that player, you still need good, reasonable value back. That's not good, reasonable value. That's bad stuff. That's not good business by you. And this is, again, part of why you don't allow head coaches, other than Bill Belichick, to be your general manager, and you don't let one of his former assistants. Got the fly! Yeah! You don't let one of his assistants try to believe that he's the next Bill Belichick because they all try, and none of them are. The only guy who's maybe the next Bill Belichick is out with the L.A. Rams right now. And he's not off that tree. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Can I bring up something on air first before we go to five burning questions? I'm watching Ohio State, Florida, Atlantic right now. Lane Kiffin went from the coolest guy on the field to a guy in a DUI mugshot in about six minutes. Ohio State's up 28 nothing right now in the first quarter. Or if I said Lane Kiffin was overrated, a lot of people are just going to agree because they don't like Lane Kiffin. But I want to know, like UCF, UCF a few years ago, or like five years ago, were they 0-12? Isn't that what they were there, bud? So if UCF now, say it was three years in, would UCF come in and lose, be losing 28 nothing in the first quarter like this to Ohio State? That's what I'm asking. No. The last uh, George O'Leary year was 0 and 12. Scott Frost year one was 6 and 7. Scott Frost year two was 13 and 0. So is is that a reason to say that Lane Kiffin's I I don't know if He's Lane Kiffin Scott can Frost, be overrated. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if he can be overrated. Like I think everybody would universally agree they they would think he's overrated because he gets a lot of attention from the media because of, you know his ways. But I think everybody who watches football is like, "Hey, he's not that great." So I don't know how to category him or make a category of him. It's just, boy, this is this is bad. Hey, at least they forced a punt. All right. Well, you got that going for you. All right. We ready with five burning questions? We sure are. And we'll Take start her away, Tom. With other big NFL news from today, it was the talk of the NFL this morning until the clowny news completely took over. But the Bills parted ways with LaShawn McCoy today. Shady's coming off a career worst 3.2 yards per carry average. And the team has talented rookie Devin Singletary, as, along with uh, Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon on the roster as well. So he became expendable. McCoy is now 31 years old. Is Shady's time as a legitimate NFL weapon done? Uh, how old is he again? 31. If he really wants to help out a team, he can help out a team. He's got to be, he's got to have a little bit of Frank Gore in him. Frank Gore can help out a team because he's willing to do what needs to be done. 
And so Frank Gore has been able to have a nice, or was able to you know put out a good career because he was willing to do that. You just can't have any of the old Shady McCoy stuff that Shady used to do. So if he can help out a team, I still think he's got what it takes to to be some sort of a of, of a player for a football team. I think it could be very Willis McGahee at the end of his career, but we'll see what he can do. I, I I don't think he should call it quits just yet, but no, he's no longer a viable option for a football team that's really trying to win. They would have to have somebody else ahead of him. All right, now that we've survived the NFL preseason, the debate about the preseason itself has gotten more serious this year. The league has even acknowledged that it will be a major part of their discussions with the players for the next round of CBA negotiations. They're open to cutting down to ideally just three games, but even possibly two. But Mm. Bill Belichick, for one, is not so stoked about a potential change, saying earlier this week, quote, the more games you play, the more opportunities people have. Look at the Giants last night. This was obviously the day after they played the Giants in their final preseason game. If you want to cut out that game, then go ahead and cut it out. But it gave Kyle Loletta a chance to play. It gave Alex Tanney a chance to play half the game. It gave Daniel Jones a chance to play. So if you want to get rid of the game, then get rid of the game and don't play those guys. Do whatever you want on that, end quote. Do you agree with uh, Belichick's passive-aggressive point, or are you in favor of the NFL preseason cutdown? I think the I understand what he's saying, but I think it's always going to be for the the purpose of entertainment. And the purpose of entertainment, your job is to entertain your your football team. Professional football, professional sports is an entertainment business. And if fans aren't entertained and you can find a way to have them better entertained and maintain the integrity of your sport, then I think you need to do that. So long story short, yeah, you should probably add more. I think you should add another playoff round if you really wanted to do it that way. I know that people bulk at that. You're still going to watch. There's nothing that tells me you won't watch. I think it means more than an extra two games in the regular season or even an extra one game in the regular season. I think it means a ton more. There are plenty of teams this year that will go into this year. They don't want to play those extra weeks at the end of the season. They just, they're just going to want to move on. Now, there's going to be fan bases who disagree with it, but I can tell you right now off the top of my head, that there's going to be plenty of teams that certainly within the first couple of weeks of the season, their fan base is going to go, all right, we're watching college football. There's a lot of things here at the draft. Like I think Miami will be one of those teams. I think eventually Buffalo will be one of those teams. We'll see what Josh Allen can do. Cincinnati will be one of those teams. Oakland will be one of those teams. You think the Giants, the Giants will probably be one of those teams. Right off the top of your head, you can think of that. So, yeah, I would put that in. Oh, Cardinals, 49, yeah, not 49ers, we'll see. But Cardinals, they'll be one of those teams. Yeah. So the extra week of the regular season, I don't really believe in. You want to have an extra week of the of the playoffs? And yeah, you might have some sub-500 teams, but you do have a chance to win. We've seen it in the past. I'm up for it. Go ahead. All right, Aaron Rodgers is uh... – gearing up for another big-time season here late in his career, new head coach. He was on the Rich Eisen show this week and gave this quote about his future. He said, quote, I envision playing as long as my body feels good and I have love for the, the love for the game that I do right now. It still fuels me, still the passion. I still love the daily grind and the practice and the preparation. If I can give everything to a team in that manner and my body feels good, I'm going to keep rolling, end quote. Rodgers will turn 36 during this season and with Tom Brady about to start another season at age 42, do you think Aaron Rodgers will make it to age 40 as an active NFL player? He's had a lot of injuries. He's had more injuries than what Tom Brady has had. Uh, if they can keep guys, I think there's a lot of this at circumstantial. I would have said the same thing for Brady, though, back in the day. Not about the injuries, but when he was at that age, I think it's a lot of circumstantial. If you can keep him clean, 
if he gets calls the way that Tom Brady does, which he does, he's an elite quarterback, so he should, then I think that, yeah, he can play until he's 40. We're seeing the rules are making it better for quarterbacks because you have more guys who are able to play longer. I think you have guys who take much better care of themselves than they used to. I think Tom Brady, who's able to afford that luxury and do the TB12 lifestyle, as weird as people think it can be at times, I think there's no denying that it's benefited Tom Brady in his life. He feels he's he's benefited from it. Part of that, I think, is mental. So I would say that, yes, he's benefited from it, and he'll be able to play. He's 42 right now, correct? He'll be able to play till maybe he's 45, like he thought he would be. It looks like it. it. There's always that possibility that if he, if he does get rolled up on, he does get injured once, and it could all go. Yep. Like Peyton Manning looked good until that final season. Then, man, it was, you could, it was a car coasting down the highway out of gas, and you were hoping to roll down a hill. I think that's possibly what's going to happen to Tom Brady. I don't think that he's just going to have some natural bow out and that's the end of it. I think it's all going to happen at once and it's going to be pretty ugly when it does. But there's going to be some great football still to play and I think the same thing would happen with Aaron Rodgers. I think we're going into a different level where guys in other positions, they think differently about their futures. I know Aaron, I know Aaron Adam Andrew Luck just decided to call it quits because of those injuries. I think he's not necessarily I don't think he's the example of the position. I think that he's an offshoot of the position. Other guys in that position, the league's made to protect you. Everything about the league's made to protect you. And guys, you're learning this. You're seeing this. Guys are starting to acquiesce to these rules. They don't want to be fined. So over time, it's working. And I think over time, you'll see a different generation where guys can play into their 40s. The good ones can play into their 40s and be very, very good for their football teams because they might not sustain the injuries like a lot of these guys do at the beginning of their careers. You're still going to have guys get banged up. You're still going to have guys get rolled up on. Still a couple of unfortunate situations. Usually still one of these guys, one of these quarterbacks, that's what makes me hold my breath about you-know-who. You always have some injury that's going to take you out for a season. They all, Marino had it. Brady's had it. Deshaun Watson, we're talking about saving him or or protecting him. He's already had it. Like, you usually have some injury that's going to keep you out for a year at least. But I don't know if that's always going to be the same because we're protecting quarterbacks more and more, and we overreact to it because of those injuries, including Aaron Rodgers. We made a whole rule for Aaron Rodgers. So I think he's got what it takes. Yeah, next. All right, Russian tennis player, a number five seed in the U.S. Open, Daniil Medvedev, went full heel last night what is in this? flushing after pulling some strange antics with a ball person. He threw his racket. He flipped off an umpire. Yeah. And that understandably lost him the crowd. So here's yeah. what he did in his post-match on-court interview after he endured the abuse to defeat Feliciano Lopez. First of all, what I can say that thank you all, guys, because your energy tonight give me the win. <laughs> Because if you were not here, guys, I would probably lose the match because I was so tired. I was cramping yesterday. It was so tough for me to play. So I want all of you to know when you sleep tonight, I won because of you. Again, the only thing I can say that the energy you're giving me right now, guys, I think it will be enough for my five next matches. I mean, the more you do this, the more I will win for you guys. Thank you. Oh my God! I knew you'd like that. So, Ken, what's <laughs> what's more likely oh to get you to God. watch the U.S. Open? A rising 15-year-old American star like Coco nope, Goff playing dude. the number one player in the world tonight, or a wrestling-style heel that breaks the traditional uptight conventions of the sport? S- sorry, buddy. I should have just let you finish it. I didn't mean to run you over. I'm just so excited. Who's that guy again? Daniil Medvedev, Russian five seed. Daniil Medvedev. Boy, you tell how much I pay attention to tennis, eh? 
I mean, that was a oh. full heel turn. You could, oh you could not have written it like Vince <laughs> himself could not have written that any better. Oh my goodness, that's so great. That's so great. That's so great. I see. Okay, this is at the U.S. Open, correct? Yep. I got to pull against him. I wish this was the Russian Open and that was an American or anything else. <laughs> I want to root for the bet. He, I'm interested now. I'm in. He's a five seed, so he does have a he does have That's a good. chance to win. He, just he has won a chance to win this. Thing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, I want him to win because I want to hear the speech. I want to hear the speech. So I good. love this. I love this so much. I'm definitely. You have a 15 year old named Coco. What? Coco Goff. She's, yeah, I'm not as interested. She's 15. She's not great. interested. She's playing the number one number one it, seed on the women's side great. tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Well, congratulations, congratulations. I hope she does very very well. I want to hear more of that guy. Okay. If if Coco Goff goes ahead and does that, I'm interested in that too. Okay, I'm being equal opportunity here. If she does that, I'm interested. I love. That's what makes sports sell. People don't realize this. You need bad guys. That's what I hate about the NBA now. You need guys you hate. You need to hate LeBron or you need to hate Steph. Too many people want to be friendly, friendly. And I think the, the, the fans are starting to do that. I want people to call in and say that they hate Russell Westbrook during the NBA season. And this is why. Or LeBron or Steph or anything. You need heels. You need people you don't like. That's what makes rivalries work. Ohio State's supposed to hate Michigan. Michigan's supposed to hate Ohio State. And I'm supposed to hate Daniil Medvev. Med- Medvedev, what's his name? Medvedev, yeah. All right, oh, last, that's so good. Last, Can I hear, go ahead. Well, well, I want to hear. I know we time? don't have time. Yeah, I know, time. but I want to hear it again. But we can't. It's okay. It's okay. Go on to the next. I think we got it. We'll no, do, no, no. We'll right. play it later. Okay. Go to the next one. I'm sorry. It's just funny that you bring up heels in basketball and LeBron James because the internet is in total frenzy right now after the news leak that LeBron filed Rightfully to trademark so. the phrase Taco Tuesday for social media posts and possibly a potential show by that name. According to Josh Gerben on Twitter, the trademark would prevent others from offering online shows and podcasts under the name Taco Tuesday, and it will take a multi-month government review, this this uh, trademark application. LeBron's being universally panned for this with people claiming that it's even worse than Tom Brady attempting to trademark Tom Terrific. So what's your reaction to LeBron's idea here to, to trademark Taco Tuesday? Uh, It's an a-hole move. It really is. It's and, and you know, I, I don't feel the same way some people do about LeBron. I, I really respect his basketball playing. I respect a lot of the things that he's done off the floor as well. Uh, it's an a-hole move. This is bad PR. It's stupid. Everybody around the country celebrates Taco. Taco Tuesday is a tried-and-true thing that lots of families and lots of people like to celebrate well before LeBron. I hope this gets struck down. If he wants to have a television show called Taco Tuesday and he wants to trademark that, you go right on ahead and trademark that. So if I post social media, I post hashtag hashtag Taco Tuesday, I can get sued by him? I don't think it's that extensive. I think it's more like like podcast titles and, from my understanding, podcast titles and, like, I guess. Yeah, that's asinine. That's YouTube, asinine. like video titles. It's absolutely know. asinine. Why does like, he I need def- to even be like? What the heck does Taco Tuesday have to do with him anyway? I don't know. It. I, I used. To, I loved it. I loved it until I saw that story this morning. I loved Taco Tuesday. I thought it was fun. It's it into a point. It's so annoying at times. It's actually fun. I thought it was a nice little look in and things like that. Of course, he had to go and ruin it. That's totally hey, ruined. Try it. to make like money mm-hmm. off of it. I don't. It's not even about making money off of it. It's just. It's just like cornering the market of it, and I don't like that. Like Ohio State when they when they tried to trademark the, 
Yeah, I defend, that's right. I, Did I def- you now? But I defended Ohio State because it's their brand. Their brand is the word the. It, no, their brand is a hole yes. jerk. We're better than you. I see. Football. It was on That's brand. Yeah, yeah, bingo. It's on brand. Like if Dimitri Medvedev tries to trademark something and gets back at those fans, like that's on brand. You're a heel. Ohio State's a heel program. You should be on brand like that. For for LeBron, LeBron wants to be like that. You didn't think that one through. That's a bad look. That's going to get out. That's a bad look. And that's five burning questions. I mean, but people want to like you. Just just be liked. Be that guy. Don't trademark Taco Tuesday on social media. It's a silly thing to do. Leave that type of stuff up to Ohio State. All right? Have them try to trademark a song that they didn't write. Have them try to do Hang On Sloopy. Have them go do that. Don't do this. It's a bad look. Coming up here in about 20 minutes. You need to ask yourself first, can she kick? And then at the end, you need to ask, can she kick? Up next, though, Kevin McGuire, NBC Sports College Football. We'll ask him about the Big Ten. We'll ask him about Notre Dame on Monday night. We'll ask him about Lane Kiffin looking like he just saw his dog shot in the woods. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.